Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Allison Evans of Branch Basics, replacing toxic cleaning products with clean, high-quality plant-based solutions. Listen as Allison shares the story with her co-founders and how she cleared her personal sickness with at-home remedies. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Allison Evans of Branch Basics. Allison, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. For sure. Well, I'd like to start out with your upbringing. Uh, Where did you grow up and what would you say your childhood was like? Yeah. Gosh, I actually don't get that question often. I like that. Um, So I grew up in Houston where I sit right now. Hot, humid, (laughs) not many amazing things about Houston, but we have great people and great food. Mm -hmm. Um, And what was my upbringing like? I mean, pretty pretty traditional. My um, parents are both married. I have a younger brother. Um, Didn't, in terms of health, um, definitely was not on my parents' radar. In fact, my my mom, you know, says that she took her pediatrician's advice when she found out she wasn't able to breastfeed me, which, you know, we always wonder why, why weren't you, you know, your people always like, oh, I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I think back in the day, when I say back in the day in the eighties, they, um, you know, moms just didn't have the support that they do now. And so if there was any issue, they just, the doctor basically was like, oh, well, it's not for you or, you know, formula is better anyway. Yeah. Well, not only was he encouraging my mom to put me on formula, but the new thing was this soy based formula that they had just discovered and you could only get it, you know, in certain parts of the country. So my mom thinking she was just doing the best by her, you know, firstborn baby, shipped soy formula from who knows where Europe. And that's what I had for the first year of life. And then I wonder wow. why I had all of these hormonal issues. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, started off uh, on a shaky foot. And then of course, oh, and fast forward, my mom used to sell uh, perfume, like just as kind of like a side gig. Mm. And now, I mean, you know, it's like she smells perfume and she has to run. There's like, <laughs> we have a, a second home, a, a ranch out just uh, north of Austin. But when people come and visit a lot, like she has in the two guest rooms signs that say like, please refrain from using any synthetic fragrance. And we just have to laugh because she used to sell it. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, you know better, you do better, right? Yeah, for sure. So uh, growing up, would you say you had an entrepreneurial mindset, Uh, say lemonade stands or selling products, anything like that? Yeah, yeah. And I meant to go into that. That's what I was, I was like, I'm yeah. missing something here from the business side. No, not really. And, and you know, my dad is a fourth generation attorney, worked for his dad who worked for his dad. And um, we went to a liberal arts school. All I went to the same school for 13 years growing up and mm-hmm. never was there really talk about kind of like entrepreneurship. But I mean, of mm. course, we're learning how to write and, you know, dreaming of, of you know, endeavors in the future. Um, but the, even then, even when I went to college, I, it never, ever, ever occurred to me that I would start my own business. I um, have always liked communication and writing. And so I was a public relations major and I just figured I'd work for a PR firm. And mm. um, but I got really sick in college and I can go into that in a second. But um, that's really what landed me on the trajectory that I'm on now. I still haven't really accepted the fact that I'm a business owner or that I help run a company because yeah. that was never the goal. Even when we were starting it, I, I'll be honest, we were so naive, Kelly and myself and Marilee. Um, and when we started Branch Basics, we were so 
just one track mind of, of educating people that the thought of making money, if I'm really honest, I don't think that that was really occurring to me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> which, which is really embarrassing to admit, right? Because yeah. it's not like I didn't need it. It's just that I was so passionate about our mission um, that the business side, I mean, of course, you know, we wanted to sell product, but we spent way more time figuring out how we could uh, help people. <laughs> for sure. Well, I'd like to dive into your college years because from what I understand, this has a big turning point for uh, the creation of Branch Basics. Uh, where did you end up going and then what did you study in college as well? Yeah. Um, so I went to University of Texas at Austin and um, yeah, I was a public relations major and I did have, I think that's called foundations in business. So it's kind of like equivalent to a minor in business. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to be honest, I just... I, I talk about this a lot with my with my dad and my husband. I'm like, I wonder how much of what I learned in school <laughs> I am applying today. And I think probably more than I realize. Yeah. Um, but at the time when you're learning it and you're in college and, and you're taking these classes, which I, I'm not gonna say I, I mean, I, I made good grades overall, but it, yeah. I shine yeah. way more on the writing and the kind of more liberal arts side. Um, and I'd have to study a heck of a lot on the business side. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm sure they were all helping me. And, and, you know, Kelly and I also have discussed how much money we have, you know, lost in the mistakes that we've made that we probably would have paid for a business school by yeah. now. <laughs> Maybe we should have. But honestly, I think we've learned more through the you know school of hard knocks and learning our lessons the hard way. And, and sure. unfortunately, um, you know, misusing money because we were just naive and of course it's like our parents and our parents friends who are our first investors so there's <laughs> definitely more pressure to yeah to um you know use it well and wisely for sure if you don't mind uh talk about kind of your years through college and uh, the problems that you were facing and then how that kind of led into the founding story to branch basics as well and what time period was this what uh, gr grade were you in at this time as well yeah 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 absolutely um so Let's see, in 2004, I graduated from high school here in Houston. And then, so I was in college from 05 to 08. Mm -hmm. um, and I can emphatically say that the health journey that I went through in college is what landed me where I am now more than the classrooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I know that's probably not what, you know, listeners want to hear. But uh, through your pain can come your gain and can come the gain of many other people if you allow that and if you really can turn something around and, um, you know, once you discover something that's helped you, there's always going to be, be people out there mm. that could benefit from that information. So basically what happened in a nutshell is um, I would have to kind of rewind a little bit to high school. I was diagnosed with severe polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I had cysts all over my ovaries. I was told that um, there was nothing I could do about it. I was put on birth control indefinitely. I was told I would never have children naturally um, and that there were no lifestyle changes that needed to be made. It was just genetics. It was kind of just the you know cards that were given to me. Mm. So I owned the diagnosis and I, I kind of, I didn't wear it proudly, but I just accepted it and I didn't try to change it, you know? And yeah. so fast forward, I'm in college and I'm rooming with my now best friend and business partner, Kelly Love, or Kelly Blackstone at the time. I still <laughs> think of her as Kelly Blackstone. <laughs> and um, 
she and I uh, roomed together all through college. And my sophomore year, I started coming down with this mysterious pain that basically started in my upper neck. And by Thanksgiving, it was down in my lower back. I was seeing, you know, not only just massage therapists and physical therapists, but now I'm going to like rolfing and I'm taking tons of Advil. Mm. I am diagnosed, I guess, let's see, the first diagnosis was like hypermobility and then moved on to arthritis. And by the spring, I'm traveling the country with my mom trying to figure out what the heck is going on. I'm on painkillers, muscle relaxers, sleeping pills, antidepressants, um, steroid injections. And I'm talking like hydrocodone, like maximum dose twice a day kind of pain. Wow. Um, And I remember, let's see, my junior year, I believe, I was reading, maybe it was a sophomore year still, I was reaching for a carton of milk out of the fridge back when I drank conventional cow's milk and it fell to the floor because I was losing motors. I mean, you know, it was like a neurological symptom. Mm. So it was really scary uh, to say the least and nobody could figure out what was going on. Um, And I just felt like I was this, you know, traveling, ever growing file of uh, x-rays and CAT scans and EKGs and injections and medications. Mm. And it was awful. Wow. Um, so then my aunt Marilee comes along, who is now my business partner and just kind of my everything, to be honest. Mm, for sure. <laughs> She's, she hung the moon for me. Um, and she starts talking to me about toxins and the things that I'm eating, the things that I'm breathing, the things that I'm putting on my skin. And it was a mixed emotion response for me because on one hand, I'm like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? I'm seeing... I'm from Houston. I have some connections in the medical center, like probably one of the best medical centers in the nation and the world. I'm traveling all over the country, seeing the best specialists. I mean, who are you? What, what, what are you saying? What credentials yeah. do you, you know, <laughs> but then another part of me, well, and, and, and back to the, the, the first part, I'm like, well, what do these things have to do with my health? I've been using them my whole life and everyone around me uses them. So why all of a sudden would they be causing, you know, why is my Splenda bad? Why is my air freshener bad? Why? you know, is my hairspray and, and the building materials that I'm using, like paints and stuff, like how in the world could that all of a sudden be, you know, causing harm? Yeah. So then, but on the other hand, I'm very interested because I'm thinking, wait a minute, you're the only person that I've spoken with in the past year and a half that has given me any glimmer of hope that there's something that I could actually change because everyone else I talk to, they are asking me, uh, the history of my own pain and symptoms. And they're asking me my, uh, the history of, of my family, family mm. medical history, you know? Yeah. And if I had to fill out one more form about my grandfather having cancer, I'm just like, look, yeah. someone help me, you know? So it was just so refreshing. Marilee said, you know, uh, if you could send me a three day diet diary and let me know if you've recently moved or remodeled. I mean, again, I'm like, what? Um, but I did. And I, at this point had nothing to lose. And I think I wouldn't have had ears to hear her had I not, um, exhausted every other path for sure. And it just wasn't working. It was my medications were getting more intense, more frequent, higher dosage. And it was just, you know, it didn't look hopeful. Yeah. Um, in fact, I did the last person I talked to before starting to work with Marilee thought that I had early stage MS. Mm. That was kind of my last, um, yeah, (laughs) not, not a fun, uh, conversation. So 
yeah, I, I decided to start implementing some of the things that Mary Lee was saying. I'm still in college. I am at the mercy of a sorority house sharing a room with four other girls and all the products and stuff. But I at least had control over what I put in my mouth to a certain extent. You know, I mean, I, I did the best I could. Um, and I, within a few, I say maybe months, I was, I was like on half of my dosage wow. of hydrocodone and I had cut sleeping pills. So I could already see this huge transformation in my body. And I'm thinking, gosh, this is nuts. Like, well, what if I did more? Like, what if I did live in an environment that Marilee says would be ideal, which is one that's free of pesticides, free of synthetic fragrances, which is impossible to achieve when you're in college and you yeah. have roommates, right? Um, but it definitely piqued my interest and it piqued the interest of Kelly, who was living with me. And by the time I'm a senior, I am more stable, but definitely not stable enough to go into the workforce or, I mean, I couldn't even drive from Austin to Houston, which is a three hour drive without someone driving me, my mm. now husband, we were together at the time and I would be in the back with on ice packs and heating pads and all the things. So I was better, but not out of the woods. So we yeah. decided Kelly and I to go to live with Marilee upon graduation from college. And that was the summer that everything changed. So that was in 2008. We arrive at her house and, you know, wake up in the morning and she's like, have y'all ever had juice? We're like, yeah, we love orange juice. Great. She's like, no, no, no. Like celery, kale, lemon, ginger, cilantro. We're like, no, we have never had that. <laughs> and she's like, take your shoes off because we're going to start grounding in the, you know, ground and we're going to reset our nervous system and we're going to eat real food. And her house smelled like an extension of the outside, just wow. like nothing, you know, like there wasn't anything. You didn't walk in and you think, oh, this is Marilee's house with her signature scent, you know? Yeah. So, and she's like, oh, and by the way, all your clothes smell like dryer sheets. So we're going to have to outgas those in the sun and detox them. We're like, what is happening? But um, eight weeks later, I'm off every single medication. I have wow. not taken a prescription drug since. That was 13 years ago, I think. Well, um, yeah, 13, man. And um, yeah, I get engaged a couple let's see, months later, and my husband said, my now husband said, you know, we should go back to that fertility clinic from high school. Because of course, Marilee said, you got to stop your birth control. I'm not going to work with you if you're taking synthetic estrogen. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I can't go back there. I don't know if I'm ready, you know, if my body has done that much healing in that area. Because my whole focus was, I just want to get out of pain. You know, I hadn't even thought about my ovaries. Yeah. No, and then I thought, well, they're going to be mad at me because I'm not taking birth control. So I really don't want to deal with that conversation. But sure enough, I went in and uh, the nurse practitioner did a sonogram and the doctor himself came running in. He wasn't even seeing me that day. And he he's holding my sonogram from five years prior to the new one. And he said, what have you done? I've never seen anything like this. I had wow. almost all my cysts were gone. I had one cyst and one ovary, two on the other. And... Um, yeah, I basically told him, look, I stopped the birth control and it turns out lifestyle changed everything. And it's interesting because in those five year period, in that five year period, he mm -hmm. had learned a lot and a lot of research had come out about polycystic ovarian syndrome and being very much intertwined to lifestyle and diet. Yeah. And they since have implemented a lot of that in their practice. But um, yeah, I was able to get pregnant. We have three kids. We've tried three times wow. and they've all been born at home. And um, yeah, so that's. I guess that wasn't really a nutshell. No, no, that's incredible. So I'm curious during this time, um, when does it come where you guys think we, we should develop a product 
um, something that you've been benefiting from for all this time so far um, that you want to yeah. get out there to consumers as well? And what was that product? Yeah, great question. So um, again, there's a little bit of convolution and I have to tell a little bit of a backstory to get to that answer. Yeah. But Marilee, um has a background in using food as medicine because she saved herself from a pending kidney transplant when she was in her early 20s uh, mm -hmm. by truly using food and learning how to use food as medicine. She later ran a resort in Jamaica um, where people would come and heal from chronic illness and disease using food. Fast forward, her son, when he was 10 years old, this was in the early 80s, um, was exposed to chlordane, which is a pesticide that's now been banned. Um, mm. And he was exposed at school and he uh, was severely injured. So the top environmental specialists said he's a bubble child, he'll never recover. Um, there's nothing you can do. Just, you know, keep him in a room. Wow. <laughs> it's a safe padded room. But um, he, let's see, he couldn't spell three letter word. He couldn't walk a straight line. His lips were blue when his mom picked him up that day from school. So it was like an immediate, um, you know, disaster in his mm. life. Well, for the next seven years, Marilee basically refused to accept that he was not going to fully recover. This is before the internet. So she was yeah. like, I'm going to have to just figure this thing out on my own. And so she would uh, be able to detect what things would make would trigger his symptoms so if you brought even like a bag from target like a plastic bag into their home his lymph nodes on his neck would just pop up like bb's because wow. of the scents that the that were embedded into the plastic so he was that sensitive and he really couldn't go into buildings or you know structural places and so he they found that they were spending most of their time outside well one day Marilee thought she had cleaned everything out of her home. And um, she remembered one day, I think about three or four years into his recovery period, that she had kept this one box in, in a closet with like a louver door closet. And it had some non-toxic, quote unquote, cleaning products and some of her favorite, maybe like a perfume or something. And she thought, you know, I'm going to just take that box out. I'm not going to say anything to Douglas because he usually could only spend about 15 minutes inside of their home before mm. he would start reacting. He would have to go back outside. So he comes inside, it's been about 15 or 20 minutes, and he looks at his mom and he said, what did you do? What have you done? She said, what do you mean? He said, I'm not, I'm not reacting. I'm in the house, I'm not reacting. Well, she didn't say anything. And a couple of days went on and basically she was just flabbergasted. She's like, I cannot believe it was that box. Wow. And so that basically was her aha moment to, hey, you know what? Most of us don't feel this stuff, you know? But when you have a child that's like a canary and they are reacting on the parts per billion, parts per trillion level. Um, they're so sensitized. Um, that's what's happening to us. But over time, you know, we walk down a cleaning product aisle and we know what aisle we're on, you know, and those lids are shut and everything. But it's there's very high volatile organic compounds. Yeah. So that was, you know, just it was a magnifying version for Douglas. And so sure enough, he ended up recovering. He was um, he went to the Naval Academy and wow. he has three kids and he's in his 40s and yeah, doing great. But then we came, let's say, gosh, maybe 15 years later here, Kelly and I show up and merely during that whole period has been consulting with clients and it always started with you know, let's remove the toxins from your home. What cleaning products are you using? So it's all about, you know, removal of the source. Mm. And so when we were there that summer, we listened to her talk over and over and over. I'm talking like sun up to sundown and sometimes in between Yeah. Um, to clients all over the country. And it always started with what are you eating? What are you cleaning with? Are you using pesticides? 
you know, and it was over and over and over. It was, it was not, Hey, did your mom have cancer? Or, hey, when did your symptoms start? Or, Hey, you know, because, yeah. or what's the diagnosis? What are the doctors saying? You know, it's not that that stuff doesn't matter. It's just that when we're trying to get out of an acute situation and we're trying to create a healthy environment for ourselves and our family, our roommates, um, yeah it's it's about removing the toxins and so that's what we wanted to do we wanted to start with cleaning we wanted to you know at first we didn't we were like okay we're going to sell air purifiers and non-toxic mattresses and saunas <laughs> like we were just all in but then what it came down to is what what's the thing that, that everybody does everybody cleans it doesn't matter if you're male female young old you know it's you're either having someone clean for you or you're cleaning your house yeah and uh if you don't there's another issue <laughs> and so um and, and you know ironically our cleaning products are some of the most toxic things that we bring inside of our home and they're the ones that we're using to create a safe environment i mean the irony is just like tangible yeah. and so that's where we started and um we ended up reformulating excuse me third-party labeling the product that douglas was able to use and so that was this you know obviously very special product for Merrily. We knew the owner formulator. And then um, it turns out there were some transparency issues on her side a few years later. And we had always wanted to reformulate. We always wanted to own our own formula, but we have no background in chemistry. Yeah. The one thing I will say that we are good at, Merrily Kelly and I, through the years, this has been 12 years of Branch Basics now, is admitting when we need help. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really important. Because if you think you can do it all, if you think that you're better than someone else at something that they're more specialized in, you're just not going to get very far. Now, sure. we probably spent, you know, made some mistakes and spent too much money on stuff. But in the end, you'd rather have a small piece of a larger pie, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so that's where we were. We A few years later, 20, 2016, we... Um, we actually shut the company down for a year and we went through tons of iterations. We worked with different chemists, formulators. We had our set of standards and we were not going to bend in terms mm. of ingredients. For and sure. most of the people we worked with looked at our ingredient list of no nevers and they said, I'm sorry, but we can't do this. Or they would sneak one or two ingredients in. They would send us something and we're like, we actually said we can't have sodium benzoate or potassium sorbate. I mean, we, we did not come down from our standards. Yeah. And um, sure enough, we were able to, uh, you know, with the help of some really awesome chemists and formulators and lots of prayer, we came up with our current formula. Amazing. So what did that first launch look like for Branch Basics? Uh, how many different uh, iterations did you have or what, what was the SKU count, et cetera, uh, for consumers? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you're talking about like the real launch in 2016. Correct. Uh, right. Okay. Because um, I mean, our first launch was comical <laughs> Kelly and I are like uh we're selling a product mom can you go on our website yeah. I think it's working <laughs> and then we're labeling in the back and we're dropping it off on people's doors um no so in 2016 we we landed on our formula after just over 100 iterations which is wow a lot and when I said a year it was actually closer to 18 months of shutting the company down and working on that and so at that point, we didn't know people were going to stick, had stuck with us, were yeah. still following us, were mad at us for shutting down, had forgotten about us, didn't trust us. I mean, we had no idea. And so it was a little bit of a, I don't know, like a trial run, you know? Yeah. And we had our current CEO and COO um, were with us then. They are the ones that we launched this formula with and, and helped kind of pick up the pieces of the original company. 
And at skew wise, gosh, I mean, I think it was just two. I mean, it was the oxygen boost and the concentrate. And then of course we have the empty bottles, but um, yeah, we actually haven't gained many skews since then Yeah, because <laughs> we're so simple and streamlined. For sure. So uh, in those early days, what would you say was your main marketing strategy? Uh, especially you guys have such a phenomenal story and it's something that consumers aren't really aware of, like, especially myself as well, some of the toxins that we are daily uses of clean products. Right. Yeah. So marketing strategy, you know, um, thank God for the glory days of Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> yeah. It was really easy and you could actually like get to the people that you were targeting without spending tens of thousands of dollars or getting you know, I don't know, whatever the, the crazy bots do or things to, to make you not seen stuff, I'm losing my words there. But, um, yeah. it was just so easy back then. I mean, compared to how it is now. Um, and when I say back then in 2012, 2013 it was really easy. I mean, we did a campaign. I remember with deliciously organic, um, and she posted about us on Facebook we gave a discount code and i mean kelly and i just kept refreshing our computers like looking at the sales we're like oh my goodness what in the world i mean it was just so easy to reach people yeah and uh, now people are just inundated with information and and just all the different you know hoops and hurdles that you have to get through to be seen For on sure. social but it's I guess what i'm trying to say is social media has been a huge blessing for us we we've yeah. always wanted to do direct to consumer we um, did bring in some retailers back before this 2016 formula. And honestly, the, the business to business side is just not where our passion is. So yeah. I would really say our biggest advantage is the amount of content that we have. And it really all goes back to the fact that we are an educational company. So we are a platform um, that you can spend hours and hours on and never buy our product. I mean, you can be a huge fan of our company and not use our product. Yeah. And that's because we are really content rich. And I think that's what sets us apart. Um, I didn't believe that it's something that I'd kind of heard and people had said, Oh gosh, I'll have a lot of content. It's gonna be so good. Or, um, even Tim and Greg, our CEO and CFO, when they came on board, um, in 2016, you know, we're saying, gosh, that's just amazing. This is what really sets y'all apart. And I, I don't think I realized the importance of content and really having that authentic that word is so overused these days but i can honestly say that that is the word that probably describes us best is we like to the point that we were naive yeah <laughs> and just wanting to just put out more and more articles most of which merrily had written many years ago and that we are just kind of um solidifying and making more succinct and i think that for anyone starting a company to really establish that mission. And even if it's B2B, I mean, of course, B2B is wonderful. You can have amazing, you know, mission and passion and, and do so much good in that way. Yeah. Um, but deciding who your customer is and how you want to help them, whether it's a product or a service. For sure. Well, you mentioned uh, deciding who that customer is and in those early days, especially shifting to now, uh, what would you say is the main demographic if, and if that's changed throughout time as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the beginning, um, you know, we were like, gosh, we want to reach everybody, but we know that this message is probably more for people who are, you know, chemically sensitive or have a child that's struggling with behavioral disorders or, yeah. you know, whatever it may be. Um, but we've really shifted now to wanting to be a household product and thinking, you know, if you're healthy, this is the perfect time to use Branch Basics. And uh, if you're not healthy, then you should also be using Branch Basics. And yeah. we want to reach people who, um, you know, 
that know nothing about non-toxic living. I mean, that that should be where we aim. Uh, but of course, also, we especially uh, recently have discussed um, getting into like the autism community and uh, working more with practitioners who are working with our passion really as children and mm. behavioral disorders and things like that. But I would, I could honestly say everybody, we really want everybody to understand the importance of replacing their toxic chemicals with something that's safe. For sure. Uh, what would you say is uh, your top seller if you look at Branch Basics today, if that's a certain scent or what that might be? Yeah. Yeah. So we sell a, everything we sell is unscented actually. And so people can add their own scent with um, an essential oil um, if they would like, but we actually really promote having fragrance free because a lot of times people, especially want people that are sensitive, people in a healing stage, people that are pregnant or nursing can be, um, uh, their healing journey can actually be, you know, halted or slowed down by adding these scents. Um, so we sell a concentrate and I would, that's definitely our main seller. Um, and then you use that concentrate to then fill up, um, the empty bottles that we provide in the starter kit. So you have an all purpose, a window and glass, um, a, uh, foaming hand wash, a bathroom, and then a laundry bottle. Mm. So it's just all one concentrate fills all of those bottles. So a lot of times we have, you know, tens of thousands of subscribers and we, um, you know, sell the concentrate and the oxygen boost are what people subscribe to. Um, but then they keep their empty plastic bottles so they don't have to you know, keep buying new bottles. For sure. Well, I like to conclude each episode with this. If you could share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe something you've learned or regrets along the way, uh, what would you say that would be? Yeah. Oh man, this is probably advice that another entrepreneur would say, um, I advise against this, <laughs> Yeah. but I personally would advise you to find someone that you love and trust to, um, go into business with you because it can, well, it is hard. It's not, it can be hard. It, it, it is very hard at times and there's huge decisions to be made. And especially when you're dealing with investing other people's money and, um, you know, having a best friend and an aunt, some people would advise against going into business with friends and family. I'd say it's the best decision I ever made. Um, but I trust them completely. And, um, I would say that doing it alongside someone like that is, is the best thing that, that I've done. For sure. Well, Allison, thank you so much for joining me today and to the listeners out there, make sure to check out branch basics at branchbasics.com. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.